Hey, it's Roy Richardson, your friend and neighbor tech troublemaker, and tonight we're going to talk about eight mistakes that smaller YouTubers, I don't want to say small because there is no such thing as a small YouTuber, mistakes that you and I both are making, probably unfortunately on a consistent basis. I know I am. I am guilty of this. I am so guilty, and I want to jump into them really quick because, I don't know, You know, I just want you to get value from this show and so let's do this. Yep, 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 yep. So uh, Walter Strong's out there. Here you Tech go. Troublemaker. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about it. All right. Let's go. First up, inconsistency. So this is number one, inconsistency. All right. So first up, inconsistency. You have to maintain a consistent upload schedule. The I go live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. So the great thing about that is that people know where to find me if they like what I'm doing on a Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, whatever time zone you're in, I'm live right now if you're watching this live. And so it's really important that you and I both are consistent in what we do. I was doing video on demand every two weeks on Thursdays, and I got away from that. And uh, my video, my recorded videos do really well, um, and so... I need to get back into that routine. So I, I let it go. I let it go. And that's not cool. Um, definitely not cool to, to let that go. Um, so you should definitely be consistent. Next up, low quality audio or video. So I had a couple of streams where I had the wrong microphone selected. I literally had rebooted my Mac before the show. Uh, I'm a Mac user. I'm an Ecamm user. And so I rebooted my Mac before the show. You don't have to on a Mac, but I just thought, just I've been running it all week, and let me just reboot to make sure I don't have anything loaded that I don't need to have. And so low-quality audio and visuals can impact the viewer experience. They, they will especially turn away if you have bad audio. Right, so for you folks who watched me live and put up my bad audio for a couple of videos a while back, thank you for your patience because I know that can make people crazy. Next, this is a big one. I, you know, I unrealistic expectations. So we we do these things expecting. Oh man, I'm gonna get ten thousand views on this video, and there's so many. I, I'm in a couple of groups um, that are like uh, small small YouTube growth and that type of thing. The name of the channel, name of the groups on Facebook, and there are people that get upset when they post three videos, and they, had, they don't have any views or they only have like a couple of views. You know, you you can't expect overnight success. The people that have the staying power are not the people that are making the viral videos. And if you're lucky enough to make a viral video, that's fantastic. But I try to make content that you can come back and watch six months from now and it'll still be relevant to what you're doing. And so that is my my personal goal. And you, you know, you should work to try to create content that's going to be entertaining for and, or educational for your viewers, you know, that, that makes a difference. Um, next up, focusing on subscriber counts. So, you know, it's wonderful to get that first 100 subscribers, but you can just get so focused on subscribers that you don't focus on quality content. You don't focus on building a loyal community. And, and so, yeah, just, just frustrating stuff. It's just very, very ag aggravating. Um, next, being overly promotional. So, 
you know, if you are promoting something, try to balance promotional content with valuable, entertaining, or informative videos uh, to get get people out there. So I know I got a bunch of comments, so we're gonna take a moment here and let's shout out to everybody and see how's everybody doing tonight. So yeah, thank you everybody that showed up out here tonight. Florence in the house, hey y'all. Dagan, how you doing, sir? Phil, how you doing? Let's <laughs> see, texture, texture, texture. I don't know. I was I thought for a second it was teacher. And now it's texture. So, Roy, let's do this. How's it going? How do you down, Don? How you doing, sir? Dagan, sound fine. Thanks for letting me know, sir. Texture will make her. Yeah, it just it works. So here we go. Um, earlier you posted that you had no time for a night. I think you had an idea or two tucked away. How important is it for YouTube to meet a scheduled live cast or published scheduled video? So I have found that consistency is very important. I, the thing is, is there's, there's this weird thing. So I've talked to YouTubers who have posted like, you know, a placeholder for a video like a week or even two weeks ahead of time. And you would think, Hey, maybe the YouTube algorithm will help me out and bring some folks to my video. And that only happens if, you know, you have like folks that are like, like gigantic fans that are waiting on your videos or they've hit that button and they've told it to notify them about everything because the default is personalized which means you don't necessarily always get those announcements or notifications of, hey by the way someone says going live right now or hey by the way a video is going live uh, that they've recorded or you're having a premiere um, which by the way if you get a recorded video that you're really proud of I think you it's really good to do like a premiere so if you don't know what a premiere is a premiere is when you set up a countdown this is a youtube thing you set up a countdown and it will play music and graphics for a countdown and then it will premiere your video and the thought process is you'll be in the chat live so while you're not live on the video itself you are there in the chat and you can talk to your audience when they come out there and see your videos i will tell you that you have to kind of build an audience or an expectation that you're going to release a video at a certain time weekly or whatever your duration is i mean like you know uh there's just so many cool creators that only do like uh one video a month but they they stage it out well and they do all the production value so you don't have to go live every time uh every month or make a, a video every week but you got Mark Rober, that's who is just fantastic. He makes one video a month, and it's gangbusters, and he gets millions, millions of views. So, you know, you don't have to. Once you kind of build up your audience to what you know to expect, then yeah, good stuff. Hey Walter, let's see elements running. All right, Big Red. Yep, Walter saying hi to Big Red and the fish stick. <laughs> My dear Florence. Yep. Uh, should your content stay the same, or should you change up from time to time? So. This is, you got to build a niche. You do. Um, so the problem is, is that, and my channel suffers from this. This is one of the uh, the seven deadly sins I've committed on this channel, is that I have videos that are tutorials about something other than content creation that are out there that I did last year and have gotten, get my channel lots of views. In fact, I'm about to hit 100,000 views on this channel. But the majority of those views are um, some of my lives, 
but a lot of them are the recorded videos I did previously before I niched down to just content creation tutorials and going live to talk about content creation. So the catch for us as creators is that you really can't have a variety show on your channel. I would love to be able to, I would love to be able every week to do a different topic because there's so many things I think about that I have thoughts on that I would love to go and talk about. But YouTube, unless you are a personality and, and Big Red, you are a personality, but what I'm saying is that, you know, unless you just go out there and, and people seek out to hear what you have to say, regardless of topic, then you can't really do that. Now, if Mr. Beast wanted to do a video about something different every day, and, and, and essentially his videos are, but, you know, it's, he would, people would watch it. You know, Peter McKinnon, same thing. Everybody would go watch the Peter McKinnon video. Um, Casey Neistat can talk about anything he wants to, and people are going to go watch his videos, but it's because he has built a following and he has a fan base that knows what he's about and they want to hear him talk about whatever he has an opinion about. So definitely you can do it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks Adam. Start from where you are. Uh, let's see. What do you feel? In what way do you feel you're not being consistent as hurt the momentum of your channel? So I was doing recorded videos every other week. Um, and I have stopped doing that. The other part, is not more of a consistency, but more related to I was doing shorts and that was building the channel slowly. Granted, um, it wasn't bringing, you know, amazing amounts of people to the show, but I was happy with it. And so, you know, that's that's something I need to get back into doing shorts. I know that the payback on shorts is small to nothing unless you are viral every single video. So you don't do YouTube shorts for monetization you don't you do it to kind of be a preview or a promo for something you're coming out with or to give like a quick 60 second lesson hopefully less 18 second videos seem to do the best uh, but at the same time crazy enough they've done some research and 50 second did I say 30 minute I meant 18 second videos but strangely 45 second videos are doing really well too so it's this weird craziness between 18 seconds and 45 seconds so if you can hook people in quickly and get them there and keep them there and these are failings that i have i am not amazing at hooking people and so i'm i'm terrible at the art of self-promotion um let's see what is the drop sound noise in the background so every time somebody comments it's playing that drop sound in the background so um that's what it is yet yeah, the sound is from ecamm um so yep Hey, yeah, it sounds ecam. When everybody comments, that's what it does. Uh, Dagan says, Big Red, if you try to grow, you should stay within your niche. So, Big Red, you should find something that you can talk about for hours at a time and just make people crazy about. And that's probably your niche. If you love to talk about fishing or fixing cars or you're an artist or a singer, talk about what you know and that what you can talk about. So I can talk about content creation. I can talk about YouTube for hours. It is so an interest to me. I dig in, I do lots of research, and I probably, I know I make my wife crazy. I probably make my friends crazy too. So I've gotten where I don't even talk about my my, uh, my hobby in what's basically a hobby uh, to my day job. So uh, Don says thank you. Yep. Can, can you shut that off? I haven't streamed with Ecamm yet. 
Um, that's a good question. I've never thought about that. Don, I'll have to go do some research to see if I can turn that off. I guess I wonder why does that sound come across? It could be if I drop the sound effects volume all the way to zero, then it probably, oh, it can be turned off in settings. Well, thank you, Florence. I think it helps me, though, because I hear it and it lets me know that somebody's commented. So that's um, that's the benefit that I get out of it. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. You can turn off settings. All right. Yep. I hear it's Roy streams and wonder what it was. And I finally asked. Uh, I've been wondering what that noise was, too. Okay. So if it's making people crazy, I will turn it off. Um, I will turn it off. There's there's other ways to make sure I'm aware. So, and in the house, and I'm so proud of you. You've been going live. You've been doing your videos. So awesome. I see you schedule a video coming up too. So great work. Just keep that going. Um, BGG, it was distracting as I couldn't figure it out. Yep. <laughs> I'll stick with OBS. Sammy, man, I am so glad you got your channel back. There's another question. If your YouTube changes their brand or niche, should they delete the old videos that do not reflect their brand or can you hide a video and bring it back later? The answer is yes and yes. So somebody looking at my channel right now, if I were to have some YouTube pro come and evaluate my channel, they would tell me and I would cringe at it that I need to hide or delete my recorded videos I did before I changed niches because it dilutes my message if I were a brand, it would dilute my brand. Um, and so that's kind of the catch-22 there. But I, my pride will not let me delete them. I have thought about creating another channel, but I really like the Tech Trouble, Troublemaker brand. Um, and so the question there is, do I change this channel back to my name, which is what it was originally about, two year, about a year and a half ago? Or... And then make a new channel with Tech Trollmaker. And then there's this weird place where supposedly you can't upload the videos that you did on a previous channel. Um, YouTube definitely doesn't like anything it repeats. So, you know, I definitely have to make sure I get rid of it off of one. Um, so, yeah, it's so complicated. And I'm really hoping I can keep it. I know at some point I'm just going to have to make that break. Again, that's, that's my confession for tonight is that I make those mistakes. Um, so yeah, I use vMix to record my interviews, but I also use Ecamm on MacBook Pro in case I ever need to do something while I'm not at home. Yep. So, uh, are repeat viewers counting the numbers for an account or is it one time only thing? So, um, yeah, so you actually, if you were to go out and let's say, for example, uh, before you went to bed tonight, you picked one of my playlists and just left it playing. Um, those views would count. And then you come back the next day and you did the same thing again. Those views would count. Um, it's a little crazy, but yes. So those views would count. Um, there's some videos I've probably really helped. There's a couple of music videos that I love to just turn on and just jam in the background with. And so they're out there just playing away. So, yep. Um, I live stream to Facebook and YouTube. Should I just do it to YouTube? Does it hurt my growth in YouTube? So... The answer is, unfortunately, yes, it does hurt your growth in YouTube because you have to decide where you want your audience. Now, it's not devastating because maybe you want to build an audience on Facebook and you want to build an audience on YouTube, but they're not going to be the same audience because you've got people on YouTube and you've got people on Facebook. 
that are watching your videos. So for example, if you wanted to just focus on growth and views and subscribers, then you pick YouTube. If you want to focus on posting on Facebook, then you could post on Facebook. It's, it's a catch 22. I had there for a bit, I mean, Ecamm has the ability to multi-stream. You can do restream to multi-stream to multiple places. You can, OBS will do it. Um, Grand Restream takes all the load off your computer and does it in the cloud for you. So does uh, StreamYard. I used StreamYard last week because I wasn't in my studio, so I couldn't do this like I like to do in my comfort zone. Um, so I went live somewhere else. But yeah, it does. It does dilute. And so my thought process is that I will meet my goals that I have here and then when I meet those goals then I will go to Facebook and do something there um, I mean one example is you could do your live videos here on YouTube and then go over the and then take your video intact and just upload it to Facebook as a video on demand so it's not live people can watch it but at the same time where do you want your viewers to be and what are your goals so let's see Boston yeah I like IBS OBS you can do a lot with it if you want and main thing is that it's free this it is free and there is a cool plugin you can add to OBS that will do vertical videos for you at the same time um, I do expect something to happen in the Ecamm space in that direction I don't I just have a feeling it's gonna happen we'll see we'll see so yep James six yep you can turn that off yep so I've been told I could turn it off I always liked it because it told me that somebody was live and it had left me a comment when I schedule a stream I don't oh, let's see yeah uncheck play app sounds there we go all right um, I don't see the announcement anywhere unless I click on the live tab do my followers get notified? So if they have allowed themselves to get notified, then they do get notified. So that bell is what they have to set to get notified. They can set it for like to get notified of all or get notified of just some, you know, personalized as default. But if you want, if they want to get notified by all, then you have to tell them pick all. But the majority of people do not change it from personalized. That is the default. And so therefore they don't go beyond that. Um, if somebody is like a super fan, man, they want to see every time you go live, then they'll hit that all button. And so, yeah, but yeah, uh, for the most part, and I will say the notification has done pretty well the last few months. There was a time period where it was hit or miss whether that notification would tell anybody anything. Um, and luckily, um, that has seemed to have corrected itself. So, yep. Um, also, you could probably find an alternative sound alert if you're aware of comments, um, but is not an issue to your audience. Okay, that's true. Yes, um, but anything that aggravates you guys, I don't want to do. Um, I think you just answered part of my question with your encouragement. <laughs> thank you, and thank you for your support. Uh, yep. Keep the channel the way you want it. So-called experts are always right. Do you and grow at your pace, in my opinion. And that's, James, if you say it, I believe it. Um, cause man, you've been out there and your channel's doing really well. So I, I want to be you when I grow up, um, <laughs> on a scale of one ten, how important is the brand tech troublemaker to you as a creator? So 
I have a five-year plan. I'm in year two of this five-year plan. And the whole point was that really I'm not Tech Troublemaker. Tech Troublemaker is a brand. And I'm just a person that represents that brand. And at a later date, others may come on here to represent this brand. As I branch out and get into other things that I'm interested in, uh, I'm looking to do online courses. Uh, I'm a podcaster as well. Uh, Got some books in the pipeline, some new ones. Uh, I haven't been published before, but it's been a while. Those books are old. Don't go look for them. It's too old. Not, not they're, they're essentially a textbook about WordPress, so don't go look for that. Um, but anyway, so I've got some new books, technical books in the pipeline I'm working on. Um, and so I'm not going to publish as a tech trollmaker, but I may say tech trollmaker enterprise. When I do the LLC, finally, it will be a tech troublemaker LLC. So and it's going to be a brand. That's what I'm shooting for. Um, to me, so I didn't answer the question. To me, it's an eight. Um, but if I had to let go of it, I would. But for some reason or other, do you wear pants asking for a friend? I do wear pants. I, I do. Yes. I could stand up and you'd see I'm wearing pants, but um, I don't think that really benefits any of us right now. But yeah. <laughs> how do you deal? How do you deal with music? Can you can you only use ambiguous music or can you use actual songs? Can it cause a strike on your account if you constantly? Yes. If you use copyrighted songs, it will most definitely cause a strike on your channel. And today I just saw that um, starting in July that if you get a strike that brings your channel down, uh, you'll be in the penalty box for 30 days. And then after that, the second strike is 90 days. So um, you definitely don't want YouTube to suddenly uh, single out your channel for any reason. You can license music. There are ways to license. If there's a song, a popular song that you absolutely love, um, there are some ways to license it. Um, also, there are songs in the YouTube music library that you can use, but they are slippery slopes because an artist can say it's okay to use your song and take part of your royalties, when part of your monetization. Once you get monetized, they can take part of your monetization. But the downside to that is that they can suddenly decide, you know what, last year I let people use my song, but this year I don't want anybody to use my song. Um, so... Yeah, that would be bad. So I recommend services like Epidemic Sound, which does cost money. Uh, Creator Mix, which is Nick Nimmin. It's free. Um, also, um, Harris Heller has a, a music service as well that you can use that is really good. Um, and so lots of stuff out there. So I would recommend finding a service like that. Creator Mix is probably the easiest one to use. Um, like some people I know, they'll literally like do a Spotify. If they have Spotify, they'll do a Spotify channel, a creator mix, and let it play in the background. But your best bet for recorded videos is to find music that matches the mood of the video you're doing. Um, I just do kind of upbeat music to kind of start the show off. And hey, let's go. We're going to be high energy and do everything we can and have all this fun and excitement. So yeah. Um, yeah. Walter says, I totally agree with James. A mamba mentality, James Hicks in the chat. <laughs> yep, uh, saying hi, yep. Are you sure you weren't writing romance novels? Right? I, I am not. It is on my list of things I want to do, uh, but it's not a priority. Um, I am more uh, technical books and humorous science fiction books, so that's kind of where I'm at. James Hicks, great advice on doing it your way and grow at your pace for your viewers, and that's 
what I'm doing. I was fixated on, I got to get the subscribers. I got to get those views. And as long as I'm having fun and the people that watch are getting something, getting value out of it, then I, I like what I'm doing. So, yep. Team six for a newer seasoned YouTuber. Should they continue to create test videos or test live streams and have them critiqued by friends? I think people need to practice and develop skills like musicians do. Yes. I mean, Mr. Beast says you need to do 100 bad videos before you'll get any traction. Uh, and I've done about 200 and almost 300 bad videos. So I got to be getting close, getting really close. Um, but no, really, absolutely. You need definitely, if you have, friends or family that you trust the opinion of um then yes you should go and practice um if you're going to use a teleprompter for example you want to get natural at that i'm not so i don't i prefer to have bullet points on my topics and then talk about them um i've like done all the research and study and try to be like, ready for it but you know it's just very important that yeah you do practice get comfortable um there are groups on facebook that you can go live into and people will critique you and they are very awesome people. Online video mastermind group is one that comes to mind. Um, that you can just go live there anytime you want. It's, it is a wonderful space, amazing people, and they will give you honest opinions about what you're doing and give you honest feedback that you can use. So, and there's some folks in there doing really well with channels and folks are just starting. So it's an excellent mix of, of uh, you know everybody that's is doing the best they can so yep slipstream that is not slipstream <laughs> does networking with other content creators help traction yes absolutely um but it's got to be so yeah so i go live with a lot of different content creators and i have guests on my show for example next week my show is going to be about interviewing and I, my guest is going to be Doc Rock. So Doc Rock will be on the show next Tuesday night. I was going to announce that later, but Doc Rock is going to be on the show. And we will be talking about interviewing skills. So it's going to be a great show. You're definitely not going to want to miss it. So definitely would like to see all you guys out there next week. But we're going to, Doc Rock is one of my favorite content creators. And he's a, he's a hard, hard truth kind of guy. He, he will hit you right across the face with truth, um, truth bombs. So. Um, going back, so um, not using YouTube features. So I mean, you got to use the end screens, you got to use the info cards, you got to use the playlist, you need to use the analytics. Um, you are, I mean, YouTube's goal is to keep people on YouTube, and your goal is to keep people on your channel. So how can you do that? So as soon as that video is over, put an end screen card that says, "Hey, go watch the next video on my channel." Um, or do info cards, which pick spaces in the video to put an info card. Um, TubeBuddy has been recommended to me lately that wherever it is that if I have a video that's not doing fantastic or drops off at some point, put an info card right before it drops off so that people will see it and click on that and maybe go to something else on your channel because suddenly, eh, I watched 17 minutes of this video. That's enough. I'll click on that info card and go see what else he's got going on. Um, playlist. So if you've got videos on a similar topic or they kind of build on a topic or need to be watched in a certain order, then playlists are amazing. And then the analytics. Why, look at the analytics to see what people are wanting from your channel so that you can 
Don't like using the cards during a video. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. With next week's guest, I think you do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So next week, yeah. Um, let's see. I don't like using the cards during a video. I just use the end cards. That is true. But you can do the info cards, and they don't actually fill up the screen. They just show up up in the top corner, up in the top, you know, right corner of your video, in a little icon, and it'll be like a little verbiage there, whatever you tell. <laughs> Now you have to make a tutorial on how to do that. So I have done some tutorials of that, but it might be a good time to update that. Um, unfortunately, you have to wait till your video processes all the way. So if you've done a video, and if you do a video in 720 standard def, then you can immediately do that. But if you do it in 1080 or 4K, then you have to wait till YouTube gets through processing your video to HD, and then you can go add the end cards and you can add the info card. So, um, yep. Um, let's see, do you make videos on your own time or do you make them according to your audience preferences? So, well, <laughs> all my videos are on my own time, uh, if you think about it. Um, but yeah, I, so I do try to think of my topics weeks in advance so that I can record the video and so that I can think about B-roll because B-roll is very important. So, you know, when you're making a recorded video, then you need pattern disruption, something that keeps people watching, like playing music for a little bit and then suddenly stopping the music and then zoom ins and zoom outs. That's why a lot of people like to do their videos in 4K because then that gives you a lot of room to do zoom ins and zoom outs without losing any quality. Um, even if you don't go but 1080 on YouTube when you upload it, you, if you could record it in 4K, and most iPhones and Android phones these days will easily do 4K at 30 frames per second which is more than enough. And so make that video and, and, and then when you do editing, you can do zoom in and zoom out. Um, I recommend for editing, if you don't want to spend any money, DaVinci Resolve works on Windows and Mac. Um, I'm a big fan of Final Cut Pro and so that's what I use on my Mac. Uh, but DaVinci Resolve, uh, there's a free version of it. You can certainly pay and get uh, a better version of it where they add on, but for most people, they don't need those extra things. So um, that would be good. There are a lot of apps on your phone. So if you have the patience to edit video on your phone, I do not have patience to edit video on my phone. Um, I just don't. It just really, this is, I mean, yeah, it's got a decent screen on it, but it's just, I don't have that kind of patience. So um, it's true. They do leave the video premature, but they stay on your channel so even if that video wasn't their cup of tea, maybe the next one they watch is. And so they stay on your channel. So you get views. You get views. And so that's why I think that is. What are your thoughts on the current on a content calendar and are you currently using one? So I am using a content calendar. I have it on a whiteboard where I have listed out. So on May 9th, I have Doc Rock's going to be on the show. On May 16th, I have Keely, the Discord coach, is going to be on. So on the 16th, we're going to be talking about Discord. So if you've been thinking about doing a Discord server or you want to know how to improve the one you have, uh, and May 30th is going to be a content creators meetup. So I am uh, working on my guest list now for the content creators meetup on May 30th. So my content calendar is on a whiteboard. And then I also use my Google calendar and put information in there. I send out my invites with my Google calendar. And so I do have a content calendar of sorts. It's not to the level of maybe Notion and that type of stuff, but uh, I do have a content calendar. So um, overlooking SEO. So this is 
this is, uh, I'm guilty here. My thumbnails are not always magic. In fact, I often hate my thumbnails. But thumbnails, your viewers do judge a book by its cover, or in the case of YouTube, the thumbnail by the cover. So the thumbnail is what gets people to go look at your videos. The titles help people realize if it makes any sense for them to watch it. And the descriptions, if they want to read the description a little bit to see if it makes sense for them to watch your videos. So a YouTube videos are judged by the thumbnails. You absolutely hook people with your thumbnails. That's what you got to have to get people to watch. Your video is an amazing thumbnail, a great title, and I have not perfected this yet. I am still working on it. I'm still, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me. I will do four or five different thumbnails, and I still don't seem to have a magic one yet. I'm still working on it. Um, let's see. Yeah, Anna says I couldn't do it without the calendar. Yep. Uh, Dr. Elo, how you doing, man? <laughs> I have the patience. I just don't have 2020 vision. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. Do you watch your own videos with edits before posting? Should you be super critical of your video starting out? So the answer is maybe. If editing videos prevents you from posting videos, post it without edits. You are better to post something than to post nothing. I have a couple of videos that I started and I edited them and edited and edited and I never could get them perfect. And they have still not been released. And one of them I think, man, this is this is a really good video, but I have put so much effort into editing that video to try to make it perfect, to try to edit out anything that's just completely fluff or completely unnecessary. I've already found out that most of my viewers from my video on demand have short attention spans. They want you to give them the answer to the question. They don't want to know how you got to that answer. They don't want to know details about why you chose that answer. They just want the answer. And so you've got to make your videos as long as you need them to be in order to be clear about your message or the answer to a problem. Because solving problems is probably the best way to make is the best video topic is I'm solving some problem that people have like for example I'm gonna go video me changing the timing belt on this vehicle there's gonna be somebody out there that wants to watch it think about how many times you watched a video on YouTube on how to fix something and then you went and fixed it or unfortunately you watch five different videos and the guy or the girl just won't get the camera close enough or the lighting is bad on what you're trying to learn. So I literally watched like five videos till I find the one that actually has enough detail so I can see what they're doing so I can repeat what they did. So yeah, definitely I do watch my videos. I also make my spouse endure my videos uh, as well. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if that's under Geneva Convention or not, but she, she accepts it. So, um, but yeah, but at the same time, if the video editing is what's keeping you from posting videos, skip it. Just just post content or go live. Do a live video. I'm not editing this because it's live. It's out there. Whatever I did, whatever I say, whatever happens is what happens because live is live. So Anna says, I have issues with my guests not sending their stuff right away. How do I deal with that? Oh, wow. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, one thing you could potentially do is, hey, let's do like a 15-minute technical review like a few days ahead of time 
to make sure that everything is like we need it for Friday night when we're going live or whenever it is you're going live. And that way at that time, hey, oh, by the way, I really need that thumb. I really need that headshot so I can put it in my thumbnail. Can you give me that? Um, that's two things. One, you get a chance to have a little bit of a chat ahead of time and, and get ready uh, to kind of do that. But then also you can say, you know, I really do need that content you know, that I asked you for. Um, so that might be one approach. Just say a couple of days ahead of time. I'm going to schedule like 15 minutes because I want you to be comfortable with the tech. That's the ruse you go under, but that you do want them comfortable with the tech and just to show you what it's going to look like. So let's talk a little bit. And I need those headshots. And can you send it to me? I really need I'm here now. Can you send it now? This would be great. And and so that might be one approach to try. Um, the other is to schedule something far enough ahead that, hey, by the way, we're going to you know, need to talk about this. And so let me see. Let me go to yogurt. There we go. All right. Um, how are you using invites on Google Calendar? How are you contacting your prospective guests? This is a fun challenge. So... Um, some YouTube content creators will post an email address under the business link. You'll have to click on it and do the little CAPTCHA to prove you're not a robot, and then you copy that email address. So in some cases, that is a, con a valid contact email for some people. It's usually for the business, but that's, I've used that to get in touch with people. I've also uh, IM'd folks on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter. So those are other ways I have... Um, gotten in touch with them but i will watch their videos and their channel i will comment on stuff so that when they see my name they'll say oh okay that guy yeah he's been in my live streams or yeah he's commenting on my videos so i do try to build a relationship vicariously by saying hey take you know take a look at uh take a look at, hey I've, he's supposed to comments on my videos so okay i think i know who this guy is so yeah but that's what i do and then, and so then when I get an email that works, I'll ask them for an email and I will send them an invite then. Um, that works. Now, there's some folks didn't want to give me an email, but they were perfectly comfortable chatting back and forth on Facebook Messenger, and I would send them the links they needed for the live stream via Facebook Messenger. But um, that's changed. I'm not having trouble with people talking to me now. So obviously, I'm causing enough trouble on YouTube that people, oh, I've heard of you. You, you're a troublemaker, but yeah. So that's pretty much how that works. So that's that's what I do. Um, but man, I tried to do a gaming content creators meetup, and gamers just didn't want to reply to emails or to chat or anything. I was trying so hard to put that together, and in the end, I only got one gamer. And then the other two gamers that I contacted, like months later, finally reached back. Oh, hey, I'm just now seeing this email. So you know, you gotta kind of feel your way out there so do you ask them for a photo bio links what do you ask them ask to be a guest so in the past we've had i've had a great video and walter strong i hate to send i don't want to send people away from my channel but walter strong's amazing and he has a checklist that talks about the kind of things you want to give from people but, let's, but it's real easy you you do want a headshot photo you probably want multiples if they have options now really big folks have media kits so once people get comfortable doing interviews and that type of thing and do it with frequency, they have a media kit where you can go and download images from their channel. I also ask them what social links do you want me to feature on, feature you on. So like for example, if they have a Facebook and a Twitter and an Instagram and they want all those featured in my description, 
then I will list those in the description form. And, or if they have a website, I'll point people to their website. So uh, definitely, um, I want to send people to different folks. You definitely should go back and find the stream of Walter Strong. I have a link to his channel there. Um, and so he's got a great checklist that you should go and ask him for. Um, but those are the things. I do ask for a bio. But I am not comfortable introducing people um, because I just want a bio so I can put that in the description. So I can try to say, give me like the elevator pitch um, of yourself so I can put that in the description. So that way when people are looking at the description, say, oh, okay, yeah, I, I may have heard this person or that person sounds interesting. They're, you know, ex-military. They used to be a radio broadcaster. They used to be in movies and now they're a director or they're, they used to be a famous content creator and they took a long break. I like to put that stuff in the description so people can read about the people that are going to be on the show. But then when they're on the show, I ask them to do a short bio about themselves. Tell people what you'd like them to know about you. That's kind of how I do that question. Hey, what would what you know? What do you think the, the audience would love to hear about you? So that kind of thing. We're going to talk. We're going to have some interesting discussions about that on next Tuesday's show when Doc Rock's on. Um, talking about those kind of things. So definitely going to go deeper in that next week. Uh, setting hard deadlines is always the best when bringing on guests. Yes, yes it is. But people will ghost you. <laughs> people can't ghost you. Not on purpose usually, but they can. Do you have backup guests lined up? So I've only had one guest back out, and it, they, were, they weren't feeling good. So, I mean, what do you expect? Um, so... I've been lucky um, not to have guests back out. Um, I will check midweek and then the day before to make sure you're good. So I had a guest one time that something happened and they couldn't be on the show. And it's fine. I had a backup topic. You should always have a backup topic that you are prepared to talk about if you have to go solo if your guest isn't available. And then like me, I do all my scenes ahead of time to get ready to make everything all pretty. Um, and so, yeah, you just got to do that. Uh, let's see. Let's take a look here. Um, so we talked about over, uh, SEO, um, being clickbaity. So you want to definitely deliver on what you promise. Don't have a clickbaity title and disappoint your audience. Um, that is the surest way to get people to drop you like a hot potato. In the early days of YouTube, People used to do clickbaity titles because there was no nothing to kind of you know kind of keep keep it honest out there, um, and YouTube will penalize you if they realize that you are being clickbaity and not delivering. So, like for example, mentioning a bunch of famous people in your tags, even though tags don't have very much relevance on YouTube anymore, mentioning a bunch of famous people to try to get people to click on your show is is clickbaity. Um, saying, hey, we're going to talk about jumping the shark on this episode, and there's no shark in the whole episode, and you don't talk about jumping the shark. And so that's clickbaity. Um, now, if you're going to deliver close to what clickbait, and, and clickbait is not bad when you're going to deliver on it. Um, it's, you know, in, uh, there's a video by um, Nate on Channel Makers where he talks in great detail about how clickbait, works unfortunately and fortunately so as long as you deliver really close to what you're promising you can have a clickbait title it may be an exaggeration maybe you're exaggerating what you're going to present but if you're really close then it's kind of hard for people to fault you there so <laughs> do you want to be my backup guest 
Um, it depends. Yeah, I mean, I, I might could. Yeah. Um, it depends on when you're going live. I, you know, if you've got locked down a consistent time and I'm available, I don't mind being anybody's backup guest. Um, sometimes I'm interesting and sometimes I'm not. I hate that. I, you know, uh, like for example, one thing I hate when you, when I'm on a show is when the, the host is talking to me and I'm talking that type of thing. And then they're going through a long monologue and I'm just over in the other screen. I'm like, please hide me. Please hide me. Please hide me. Cause, uh, yeah, what I'm going to do, make facial expressions while they're talking. So definitely hide your guest when you're the one talking. Do that. Do your guest a, a, a favor and don't make them just sit there um, <laughs> where they have to make up. Let's see. Dagan says, I use clickbaity titles a few times, but I deliver on Exactly. You can have a clickbaity title, but you need to deliver on it. And that's that's the important part of there. So um, here's a bonus tip. Ignoring your audience. So... Talk to your audience. Ask them questions. Get feedback. Listen to them. Um, find your super friend, super fans and love them. So, you know, if you got people that are showing up every time you hit that go live button or every time you release a video, give them encouragement. Talk to them and, you know, just let them know, hey, I really appreciate, you know, what you're doing. So, how do you handle a bad guest experience on your live? Um... So, I had a guest come on, and they were kind of frozen, um, and I, I didn't like it, because they were awesome, I really wanted them to, and just something, I don't know what was off that night, but they were kind of frozen, weren't saying very many things, but I had prepped, I was ready to fill in all the gaps, I, because I over-prep, because, and I, I like doing that, and that night, when they just didn't deliver any content, I delivered the content. Um, I just wanted it to come from them because people knew that person, knew about that topic well. And so I was just kind of shocked. I mean, when they were alive, I brought them on. Uh, But when they were just kind of (laughs) frozen, when they weren't, it was just a tough night. Then I just kept talking about the topic. And of course, my wife says, you didn't let that person talk at all. No, I'm telling you, I tried. I tried to get them to talk. I was asking them questions. And it was one of those nights where I was asking questions that needed a paragraph answer, and I was getting yes or no's. Um, so that was a tough show. But, you know, I think it worked out okay. That My important thing was to give people value. I really would like to that guest to provide the value as well. But they just weren't there that night. I don't know what was up. So it happens. Yeah, it's tough when your guest doesn't want to talk too much. Yeah, I, they, they may have had a rough day being on my show after whatever day they had. might have been the last thing in their mind, um, but they just they just didn't give any value that night. So it was just a rough. So And we'll, we'll talk about that next week with Doc Rock when he comes on next week. Um, he's got some techniques he uses. Uh, so we've we, him and I have had discussions about that topic before. So... Yeah, definitely. Um, then the other thing I want to talk to everybody about is I do have a mailing list that comes out every other week. And one of these mini buttons here. Let's see if that's it. That's not it. <laughs> I'm having a button night where things aren't working. All right. There we go. There. I also have a newsletter now where I talk about, I post articles about content creation. I'll also post links to whatever the Tuesday night video was. Um, so if you go to techtrollmaker.com slash contact, and fill out, it's MailChimp, you sign up, and then 
Every other Thursday, I will send out my newsletter. I also post links that I found were interesting during the week. Um, I subscribe to like a ton of newsletters and different things. And so I kind of go through YouTube news, uh, Google news, and pick out the best of what I think is interesting. Um, and anything that involves tutorials to help move us forward as a content creator, I'm always posting as well. That is it. That is the show tonight. I thank everybody that came by. If you're watching the replay or you haven't somehow subscribed to my channel, well, hit that subscribe button already. Come on, hit the subscribe button. And thanks everybody who came to watch it live. If you are watching a replay, please drop me a comment. Let me know where you're watching from and tell me how I can help you. What do you want to see a video about? What topic would be great for you? And hopefully you found this topic helpful tonight. Thanks for watching. Bye. 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 Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.